Welcome, Zach, to the World XP Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on. I know uh, you've started your own podcast called uh, Pursuing Perfect, and I think this is a good joint venture for, if you want to call it that, for us to maybe get some exposure for, for you and then obviously for me to inch closer to that 50th episode with, uh, with pops that the people have been clamoring for. He's a little shy, but that's all right. We'll get him on. Don't worry. Um, yeah, it's exciting. It is, for sure. Uh, we met... Uh, just a little bit of background. We met at a Loudoun United tryout back in March. Um, I think yeah, pursuing think, soccer. Yeah, yeah, I think things did not turn out. Uh, I don't know. I thought both of us had a, actually a good a good week. I would say. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think we then, both performed well. I think I think so. We both moved on. You're at preseason with the Maryland Bobcats, which is, which is another professional uh, NISA team, and I'm currently with the Fredericksburg Fire, which is a uh, professional indoor team so you know both kind of worked out in the end but how are you man it's good to see you yeah I'm doing good Eric uh yeah I'm doing excellent actually the, this morning is kind of warm here in Delaware so it's been changed up since the last couple of days it's been freezing but um yeah things are good like you said we met at a Loudon tryout and I think that we we didn't get to talk a lot there so this is giving us a good opportunity to catch up and like you said, it's kind of cool. We both have our own podcasts, our own things that we're doing, putting ideas out into the world, learning about ourselves, learning about things that we find interest in. And I think this will be a fun conversation for people. And uh, I'll be excited to listen to your 50th episode. That sounds that sounds interesting. I guess you're doing it with your dad. Is that what you said? Yeah, well, he's a, he's a little bit of a legend among the uh, occult hero, if you will, amongst my friend group, uh, some of the stories and stuff that he's done. Uh, for instance, he told me a story when he was a teenager, he decided that when his mom <laughs> bought a new microwave, because that was a new thing back in, like back then, he was like, you know what, maybe we should uh, put an egg in a Ziploc bag and see what happens. And he blew the door off the hinges of the microwave. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he's a, he's a bit of a cult hero, we'll say. So that should be a good one. Oh, super smart guy. He's an engineer as well. So it should be a good one. Now, is that your profession as well? You're an engineer? Uh, I am currently doing program management stuff for, for the government right now. Um, I have not, I did not, he went the whole schooling route of engineering, civil engineering, like buildings and, and all that stuff. Went uh, geotechnical as well, which is like, what's in the soil? Can we build a foundation on this soil? Because buildings are heavy as hell. So it's like, is, is the building going to sink? What's the proper like makeup of the soil? um all sorts of stuff like that uh he did that for a while so i guess he had to study ge- geography topography everything it was all, just all sorts building, of stuff. yeah all types he, of structural support yeah all sorts of stuff um he was at uva and then got his master's as, as well so yeah he went to school for for it and all sorts of stuff i did not school was not my friend we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> where'd you go that. again I went to Mary Washington. It's a D3 school in um, in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Yeah. I went to Wesley College, which no longer exists. It, really? It was in De- yeah. It was in really? Delaware, uh, but it got acquired by Delaware State University. So now it's Delaware State downtown campus because we used to have a – there's a Delaware State main campus, and then Wesley is in downtown Dover, and they acquired the Wesley campus because it was being managed terribly, mm. and they were it was a money drain. And so they bought it and now they own it and Wesley college is no more. So all my college statistics from soccer are disappeared. They're they've 
been obliterated into the atmosphere. They don't well, like if you go on like WesleySports.com, it doesn't. There's nothing. It says web page not available. So wow, it's interesting. Think, like, we were in the same Twilight conference, Gym. I think. Uh, we would have been in the same conference, and you know what? That's that's all right, man. My college soccer stats don't exist either because I didn't play at Mary Washington. So really, yeah, really. Why? Uh, let's see, it's not like Kilby's gonna want. Well, so I guess. <clears throat> disclaimer, disclaimer i'm a lot better now than i was then um i skipped the grade so my f- freshman year i had just turned 17 um and didn't have like i don't know what it was really i guess i just hadn't been like unlocked if that makes sense um late bloomer yeah yeah exactly so i still had all the technical ability and in, in that um that was always my strong suit but i was recruited as a walk-on, did all right my freshman, like, preseason. Um, talked to the coach. He's basically, like, grow into your body, like, physically, get a little faster, a little stronger because the way that this conference works is, like, physical, et cetera. I was like, all right. And then, like, fair enough. Like, I'm young. That's fine. He's like, come back uh, in the spring. I played really well in the spring. I thought I was good at that point. Um, like, all the like all the players on the team, like, I fit in, was – playing time in the, in the scrimmages playing well performing well um come next uh fall for preseason did you guys have captain's practices yeah yeah Sim- so, something similar yeah yeah so it's like preseason before preseason because ncaa rules or whatever uh for those that don't know but i played really well in those played really well in preseason and then i picked up a dead leg one of the practices got need in the quad like like for those listening and for I know you know how that is but like you can't really like move your leg for like a day so I missed the afternoon I missed the afternoon practice um no I missed the more I got need the afternoon and then I missed the morning practice the next day did lifting and did the afternoon practice and then the reason that the coach gave me for like because then we had meetings with the coach like to for like roster slots and stuff and the reason he gave me for cutting me was because of my injury which I was like that's very stupid because I was already back practicing so I don't know um and for and for the people listening a dead leg doesn't last that long it lasts maybe a day at most yeah so it's and not I, like a long-term injury mm-hmm. yeah no and I was already back as well so I don't know it, it kind of it is what it is um I was playing club then at that point, and I credit that with teaching me how to dribble because up up until that point, um, everything had been two touches all the time. And sometimes not a bad need, thing, though. No, definitely not. And so club, um, one of the things it taught me was how to dribble, and that got me out of tight situations. So then after I graduated, um, I was playing in different leagues around like. I um, basically got lucky, met some people, and then I ended up training with, uh, like, Mo- I trained with, like, Moses Nyman a couple times and, like, O'Neill Fisher and a couple of DC United guys, and then Sandor from the Loudon Trout, who used to play at Loudon, uh, Brandon Williamson, who played at Duke and also at Loudon. He's with Nova FC now. A couple, like, I just basically lucked into it. And the dribbling that I had taught myself basically during club, because basically what happened was I got bored. So I was like, I tried to nutmeg as many people at practice as I could possibly. And I started scoring a lot as well. Uh, so that kind of unlocked the mental, like, all right, I can play like at a higher level. 
Yes, I um, can do this. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, basically lucked into it and then ended up like two years later in Mexico. I'd allowed him to try out like all sorts of random things that if you had asked me five years ago, if I would have been doing, I would have been like, nah, <laughs> like no shot, <laughs> no shot right. at all. Especially after that start at college. I'm sure that mm -hmm. that hit your, hit your mind in a different way where it maybe was like, maybe I have to do something else. Maybe I'm yeah. not, maybe I'm not going to do this. But then you, you enjoyed it enough where you taught yourself skills. You became lucky, but really you were prepared whenever that came around, you know, to play in those situations with those players. And obviously they were impressed with you. Yeah, definitely. It was, uh, it was more of like, I would have practiced those moves, like those moves before, but never in a game situation. And so yeah. in a club, when the stakes are lower, <clears throat> You can start practicing those stuff in game situations, and that's really what like what you need um, to yeah. get better. Like, there's no replacing a game situation. So, and and the club practices because it was club were just scrimmages the entire time. So, like everything was games, um, and there's right. no there's no replacing that really. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it was one of those things in college. Like, I never I never thought going in even going into college i was never like yeah i'm going to do something with it after it's like oh, i'll hope to play in college and then like that'll be it it's like i'm not going to go anywhere else i didn't have any delusion like i don't even want to call it delusions but like yeah bigger oh, I, goals was, I was like i was like i'm never going to make this into a career you know so like i wasn't i wasn't focused on like fine like this whole world of like nissa and usl one and like MASL, like, I didn't know half of it existed. I wasn't worried about it because they, right. like, no one tells you that when you're in high school. That's right. Nobody, so, nobody, you know, well, because most of them don't even know themselves. Yeah. Most of the coaches and things that I had in high school, it's funny, you were, you mentioned the late bloomer. I can relate to that 100%. When I was going into junior, my junior year of high school, I was five feet tall and mm -hmm. I weighed 88 pounds. So you can imagine, uh, I heard all the same things that you did, you know, you're not yeah. physical enough, you're not strong enough, you know, and I mean, now I'm 6'1", 175, 180, somewhere around there. I'm a totally different person, but I've relied on all my technical ability, and that's, I, I was a lot like you from what it sounds like, one and two touch, learning mm -hmm. how to do those things, but then you develop confidence in other skills. Mm-hmm. Um, as you, as you, as I kind of matured, I got more comfortable, you know, competing and, you know, running at people and doing things because I realized I could do it before I, I thought, oh, I have to play one and two touch. I can't compete physically. I can't run past someone. They're just going to catch me because yeah, I'm so exactly. much smaller. I'm so much under, I'm so underdeveloped. Uh, so I had to develop the same thing. One and two touch play quick, you know, develop the mind first. Whereas a lot of people have the physical gifts right off the bat there, they get, selected because they're the fastest person or the most you know the, the tallest or the biggest mm -hmm. or whatever it is because that's what coaches see here in america they see oh he's a he's an athlete he's a physical mm -hmm. specimen we want to bring him to the team um so it's different you know it's yeah. in other parts of the country we and other parts of the world i'm sorry we might have you know something else might have happened but either way we both found our own path we found you know <laughs> this kind of alternate universe like that uh you're not taught about yeah. through, through through the american soccer system or any kind of education here yeah exactly i think one of the one of the things that happened as well as after i graduated i was playing in this like sunday league and it was like 
the same as club, basically just kind of messing around, scoring a lot, whatever. And then um, when I moved up into Northern Virginia, there's a different league called Washington Premier League where there's a lot of like former D1 guys and like former like pro guys and like the level is a lot higher. And so I'd been playing pickup. Somebody was like, hey, do you want to come play with this team? And I was like, sure. And I was shell-shocked because I had not played at that level. And I was like, well, I don't want to be bad. So then I started working at it. And then my speed, the speed caught up with me and I got a lot faster. I got a lot stronger. And then that's when it kind of took off, basically. Because yeah. I already I already had here the mental the mental side and the tech like the technical mm-hmm. ability. And then the speed and the strength took off with it. And then that's when kind of things I'll say turned the corner. And that it's was about so like, funny. That was like three happened. years ago. Yeah. Wow. It's all been uphill from there. <laughs> it has. It has. Not it's been now. good. It's been good. Yeah. That's cool. So I, I I was actually interested. What I have a couple of friends that play in that. I don't know. Is there an M I S L and an M A S L? I think it's N I S L. I think it's National Indoor Soccer League and then uh M A S L is Major Arena Soccer League. I'm pretty sure okay. what it is. And I know and NISL was around for a little while and then they weren't paying. So they like the league folded and they came back or something like that. I don't really know how it works. I don't really know much about like the history of the leagues. Yeah. To be honest, I kind of, this was another one where I stumbled upon uh, some guy that I was playing Sunday league back like years ago. Um, one of the stipulations of me leaving that team was that I play in this Virginia beach tournament that they do every year. It's basically just like you go down to Virginia beach, have fun, play some games. Um, a cash prize type thing. Uh, no, I mean, no, but it's like, you just fun, just hang out, whatever. Um, and so one of the guys there was like, yeah, I'm starting this indoor team, like professional indoor team. Do you want to, do you want a spot? And I was like, you are not telling me the truth right now because he like his persona he would come to the field with a beanie sunglasses and like a big gulp like cup just look hung over all the time and that's all i knew because i never i never spent any time with him outside of uh outside of that but actually he used to be a professional football kicker for arena league i think or maybe semi-pro some something like that I think he had spent half a season with kickers, like back like ten years ago, or ten Richmond. or fifteen years ago. Yeah, and uh, I was like, "All right, whatever, man. Like, send me the info, and I'll consider it or whatever." And then, uh, as I ex- like explored the league, and I was like, "Oh, he's for real!" <laughs> like, so I was like, "Sure, I'll do it." Like, why not? It's a expansion league. There's only ten games. Or ten or like ten or twelve games, including playoffs or whatever the number is. Like three months. We our first game was January fifteenth. Season's over, first weekend of April, and that's that's if we go to the champ, like the the all the way. I was like, sure, I'll do it. Like, yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, you have nothing I mean, to lose. I mean, it's in Fredericksburg, which obviously isn't far away from you. Yeah, it's about an hour. It's not too bad, but. Um, my office for work is down there. So when I need to pop into the office, like I will stay down there and then go to practice afterwards or something like that. So it's really not too bad. Um, what was really funny is the first contract he sent me on the back page when it was like print legibly, he spelled, he spelled legibly wrong. And I was like, bro, like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, he's, That's so funny. 
he's just one of those guys with a, with a dream you know he really loves soccer like this is his thing his family his parents are helping him like pour money into it i think he's like i want to say he's like late 20s or early 30s something like that what's his um, name randy ryan randy ryan yeah hmm. and uh and it's going well and he's doing his best to basically create like a a very professional environment um shameless plugs if you've not watched the match day vlogs go do that they're not great but it's hard to get video when you're also preparing for the game so but (laughs) but yeah like uh he's got um the the like the locker room will just be rooms that are in these field houses and he'll have all the chairs set up and all the kits over the chairs and like he's doing his best man And, and i think everybody appreciates that that's in the team um yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's good. a place to play. You know, it's grassroots. That's what, mm-hmm. like, that's what it's about. Like, that's how the game will develop and grow for the next generation of players. You know, maybe sometimes we don't always see the fruit of our labor. Sometimes it's for someone else. Mm-hmm. Sometimes this is setting the the standard or planting a tree for someone else to to use in the future. So that's it's cool. It's how the game grows. I mean, and. In Europe, it's funny. I was just looking at this the other day. It was uh, like a zip-up, an Arsenal zip-up. And mm-hmm. I was looking at it, and the date on it, it was like 1865. The club mm-hmm. was founded. And I'm, I'm saying it, the MLS, our top division, was made in 96, 1996. How mm-hmm. could we ever compete with the infrastructure or even expect to compete with something that's been around for 130 years longer? Yeah, I mean, it's something that we have to just keep in mind whenever we're looking at things like this. Like, you know, they grow over time. You can't, we can't compare our league with something that's been around a hundred years. It's just, it's not fair for us, and it's not fair. You know, it's not a good, it's not a good thing to do. Yeah, no, exactly, and and that's that's an important. I think, I don't know how many people actually realize that that's the case that those teams have been around for that long, and those leagues have been around for that long, and like those stadiums. Like obviously have been renovated and rebuilt, but the original stadiums have been around for 50, 60 plus years at least. Um, yeah, we and, have teams that are building stadiums right now and, yeah. you know, are coming into the league next year. So it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other thing, this is without going, I've, I've gone on this tangent before on the podcast, but without going too much down the rabbit hole, like the promotion relegation thing is something that I think, I don't see any downsides to doing that from a holistic standpoint. It's like, obviously if your team gets relegated, that sucks, but get better. <laughs> and, obvi- and obviously if you're a MLS shareholder, it sucks too, because well, you don't want necessarily, you know, if you're a businessman, you're looking at it like our league is safe. We're protected. Mm-hmm. We can, we can't lose anything. <laughs> All the teams will come back next year. Whereas promotion relegation, maybe a team does really well and you, you know, then you have investors. Yeah, so it, it could get complicated. I could see for those guys, but like you said, holistically, there's no losing. Mm-hmm. It's the best. It's the best way to find the best talent. It's the best way for the game to progress. It's, yeah. it's the best way to do it. Even even from a business perspective, if you have some team that, that that comes up that wasn't supposed to, that creates a lot more buzz than you'd have otherwise. So, jersey sales, ticket sales, like you want to see this new team, whatever. And then if they're com- like, and then if they're competitive, then the business goes up. So even yes. even even in that even in that sense, it's like 
long term, it's the best. It's the best business move because mm-hmm. it becomes a more competitive environment for all the teams, mm-hmm. and people and, have incentive to yeah. you know, create a better product on the field. Yeah, and people, if like if they're in a relegation battle, you, you'll see fans of teams in Europe. Their teams are in relegation battles, and they're going to every game. Whereas, like if you have a bad team here, people just don't go anymore. Right. They're like, yeah, I'm not going to go to the Philadelphia Union. They suck. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. If Even they if they win not, zero, so. yeah. Huh? Do they? Do they suck? I have no idea. I, I don't know. I don't know. I just picked the name out of the hat. <laughs> <laughs> they might. All right, DC so, United. I don't know how good they are right now. We won't talk about. It. Uh, no comment. I don't know. I don't know. I, I no, but soccer is an interesting thing here. You know, it's it, it is. It's a young. It's a young game. I was talking with two guys the other day, and I think you'll appreciate this. We were having a, a discussion about capitalism hmm. and the free market system, and I was. I, I'm a proponent of capitalism. I think it's the best system in the world. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. It, does it have its flaws? Absolutely. Can we do it better? Absolutely. But in order to pull people up and help people provide them with an opportunity, it's the best system. It's a fair competing environment. And they said, well, if so you're telling me if I wanted to go start a pharmaceutical company tomorrow, I could go and compete with a Merck or a Pfizer or, you know, some huge pharmaceutical company. And I was like, no, obviously not. Like this is this is a crazy conversation if you think that. But my my point, and ultimately this is what I'm getting at. Those companies have been around for hundreds of years, and they started from scratch. It's taken them a long, long, long time to build that. If you expect to go walk in there tomorrow and compete, that's naive on your part. That's not that that's not the system that's broken. That's just naive to think that you can compete with someone that's been mastering their craft for a hundred. 150 years in some cases this yeah. is like this is generationally being built upon a foundation that was set 100 years ago how do you mm. expect to compete with that you shouldn't be naive enough to think that you can walk in there and uh <laughs> beat them at their own game that they've been doing for 150 years yeah and especially like all their entrenchments in fba and whatever else like you're like even yeah, if, backdoor deals. Yeah, all all sorts of also they've they've had a hundred years to learn how to uh, cheat without cheating as well. So <laughs> that's mastering the craft, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, learning your game. It's mm-hmm. it, it's being the best. You know, we look at Premier League players; they're not always uh, <laughs> necessarily the best athletes or anything, but they're geniuses in their brain. They know how mm-hmm. to work work a plan. They know how to manipulate a defense. They know how to mm-hmm. do these things. Because they're in the environment there. Okay, I see it firsthand. Like you said, whenever you started playing with those players, you saw it firsthand that you were capable of being there in mm-hmm. that room. You were capable of being on that field with those guys. And once you're there, then you learn little things. And now you're like, okay, now I'm starting to see this. Now I'm yeah. starting to see how this goes together. And I can I can do this. I used to watch these, you know, watch this on TV and be impressed by it. Now I'm doing it myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a cool thing to learn. Yeah, for sure. One thing I have noticed, though, about the, like, top flight, like, MLS guys that are probably going to go to Europe, like the young guys, is those dudes are, like, it's different. It's just it's just different in terms of ability. Even, like, like Moses, for instance, he's, like, 17, so smooth on the ball. Just, like, brain is there. 
strong, like everything, everything you do. On, and I was just like, oh, Jesus, man. Like, yeah. And, you're, and you're then going places. Yeah. It's like you're going yeah. places. Well, and of course, there's outliers. You know, there's yeah. always going to be outliers. I mean, even the Premier League, I'm talking like broadly, but, but they're the top 0.0001% of even professional soccer players. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're professional in, in England down to the fourth tier, really. Mm-hmm. So, so most most fifth year players are getting paid full time. They're making three thousand pounds a week. Yeah, yeah, it's, man, it's, it's a different it's, level over there. It is for sure. I had uh, one of the guys that I was playing with this, in this league um, in Northern Virginia. He played in Sweden for a couple of years, like third third division in Sweden or fourth division in Sweden. He was like, even then, he would come up against guys that have played in the Europa League and like all this other stuff. And it's like everything is so integrated over there that it's like. It's another it's like everything we think is like raise it one raise it one one step and then that's where it is there. Yeah. We don't really even know how to how to progress because a lot of people haven't been there to see it and, and feel mm-hmm. how like I, I lived in Germany for a year, I played there. Mm-hmm. And you you go to these different clubs that are unheard of. You've never heard of them. They have the most weirdest name. They, mm-hmm. they're strange bizarre and you go and they have amazing facilities they have three fully grass beautiful pitches they have a turf facility they have an indoor facility with weight rooms and and full locker rooms cabins and it's beautiful it's incredible and you're like how have i never heard of this team look at this facility but that's just like we said it's it's integrated there it's integrated into the culture it's the businesses are very supportive of, of that, and and they don't have really any other sport. I mean, maybe they play handball or something in Germany. It's not yeah. any you know any major sports like we have. So yeah. the businesses are fully supportive of them. The business owner also maybe runs the club, or maybe he sits on the chair, you know, the board mm-hmm. or something. Did you go uh, over there for strict, like specifically for soccer? Yes. So what? So what was that? So how did you? How did you end up doing that? Was that like some sort of like uh, play of like study like st- study abroad program or like how did that work? Yeah, it's crazy. It's not. It wasn't a study abroad program, but um, I was playing down in Florida for a team uh, called Boca Raton FC, and they're at the time I, I believe it was MPSL, and this was 2018 when I played with them. Yeah, 2018, mm-hmm. and. You know, it was good. They put me up in an apartment. They provided probably 60, 70% of my meals and everything. It was good. And I was training at this field in Coral Springs. Mm-hmm. And there was this goalkeeper there, and he had all these cameras set up. And I was like, that's weird. You know, that's strange. But uh, we were training, because this was like 2018 before YouTube was like crazy. And my friend Marco, who was my roommate at the time, he's a goalkeeper. And so we, you know, we're training together where him and I are, I'm doing finishing dribbling stuff and hitting the ball on goal. And, you know, we're training together. And this guy with all the cameras comes up to us and he's like, Hey, I see you guys training. And he asks us about ourselves. His name's Alberto Ruiz. He has long, a long story, but he has his own goalkeeping YouTube channel. It has a, you know, I don't even know what, what the stats are on it, but it's a pretty mm-hmm. significant channel. But it's strictly goalkeeping. And um, he ran this academy in Germany. And he said, hey, come to Germany. Uh, I can I could get you trials with teams. 
And that was literally how we met. I, we, were, we met at a park in Coral Springs, just started talking, and he had these German connections, went over there. Um, I stayed in this house with other players. It was like this academy, they called it. Mm-hmm. And I would train uh, five days a week with, with that group. And then on, on the, most of those days, I would have double days. So I'd have like a Monday, Tuesday, uh, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, training with the team, with a local team in like that city, and play a game at the weekend. So it was a, it was a, it was a very like intense schedule. We were training mm-hmm. usually two day, two times a day, um, going, getting an hour ride, getting picked up with a van, traveling an hour to training at six o'clock, training for two hours, getting an hour ride back taking trains, buses, whatever we did, like all the different ways of transportation. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a great experience. So that's how it came up, though. I met him at a – while I was playing for this team, Boca Raton FC, uh, I met Alberto at uh, Coral Springs soccer field. And it just evolved from there. And it was it was a great experience. I wouldn't trade it for anything. It taught me so many valuable lessons. Um, just to take with me for the rest of rest of my life, really, how to be independent, live on your own, go to a foreign country by yourself, uh, learn the language, integrate into the culture, all these different things that are invaluable. You, you really can't put a price on it. Um, I got to experience that, what, 23 years old, 22, 23 years old. So that was, it, it was great. But yeah, it was, it was quite an experience. I have a lot of stories from that time period. Yeah. So, so like you were there for a year. And it was about year, it was about ten months, nine nine to ten months, not a so full year, a full, but yeah. A full did you go what, you went in the fall and came back in the spring? It was like a full season right. basically. Yeah. Yeah. So were you so who were you were you playing with what like a a pro team or like how, how did that work? It was so I went with yeah. It it's 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 kind of over there it's a little bit different than here. Like it's the the clubs are very supportive of you. They don't they're not like, hey, just figure it out. They kinda help you out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was there with a six-tier team, a Landesliga team called um, Nordhorn, and then I went uh, on trial with a couple other teams, uh, SC Union Netzital, which is an Oberliga team, and I played with them, and that was that was a great experience. Um, but yeah, so I w- I trialed with a couple teams, played with a couple teams, um, and I would stay at either a place that they would provide, or I'd stay at the uh, this house. So it just mm-hmm. depended on uh, the time period that we were talking about. But I either lived in an apartment or uh, a house with other players as well. So obviously you're back here now, but how did it go for you? Like, what, like was it a function of, I guess, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say just, just money because it's never just money. Mm-hmm. Um, but like what? So it went, and you're trialing for all these teams. Did, did anyone was anyone like, yeah, maybe stay another year? Like we'd like to see more, or like how did how did that work? Or was there a bunch of you that went? There were no. So it was me and uh, a friend of mine. I ended up like telling about this, and he came met me over there, um, and we spent some time together. But the main issue for me was the passport because mm-hmm. I was there on a. Uh, a traveling visa. I couldn't get a work visa and I was, I wanted to get a citizenship because then that opens up a lot more doors for you to stay longer. Mm-hmm. But the main thing for a lot the clubs that I was at was they weren't, they didn't have a lot of finances. So they couldn't, right. 
take care of me, put me in like a really nice apartment by myself or anything like that, just living arrangements. A lot of their players were from the cities that they were in mm-hmm. and they were just, they grew up there, they lived there, they have jobs there, whatever. And I wasn't able to get a job and the club couldn't pay me to stay there. Um, so for me, I just decided that it was one, my visa was up and I couldn't stay any longer because you can only stay six months at a time. Mm-hmm. So you can stay six months, leave for a month, and then go back. But you have to break it up. Um, so the main thing for me was just I can't stay any longer than three to six months anyway. Um, I have to go back to the U.S., spend a month there. But also the clubs that I was at, and, and I could have dug deeper. You can, I mean, you can find hundreds of clubs, literally. I could have done a lot more work to find other clubs and go to other places to see if I could find a better opportunity for myself. Um, but for me, I just decided, okay, I see how I'm living right now, um, and I don't have the financial means to just go around Germany and just travel for months on end to going to different clubs, different teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, d- I just decided, hey, I'm going to go back to the U.S. I'll figure something out. I have good experience now. And, you know, I've seen, I've seen what I'm capable of, like a lot like you were, you know, you mm-hmm. see the European game, it's totally, it's, it's, it's different. Uh, in a, in a really good way as a player, you develop tremendously whenever you go over there and you can immerse yourself in it. Cause I believe that immersion is the only way to do something. If you're going to learn it, uh, if you're going to learn a skill, you should immerse yourself in it. You should go in. If you want to speak a language, immerse yourself in it. Um, so th- it developed me a lot as a soccer player in that time because I was there and, you know, these guys live, live and breathe soccer, everything, you know, they, they structure their entire life around the game. They structure, you know, dinner time. We're going to put a game on the television. We're going to watch it. We're going to, so mm-hmm. you, you just pick up a lot, like slowly, like tactically, like you, you're watching it constantly. You're, you know, you're talking with people that want to, um, I want to talk about soccer. So it's, it was, it was a great time period, but for me it was um, financially clubs don't usually say like, Hey, we're going to pay for your train ticket and all this without seeing you first. So in order to yeah, get there, you have to spend, spend money. Um, and then they will invest in you. But yeah, they weren't able to offer me anything. They weren't, they weren't like, Hey, we're going to give you an apartment. We're going to give you a thousand dollars a month or a thousand euros a month or whatever for food. Um, so I just decided I better, I, I should come back to the U.S. and think about things and restructure my plan. Yeah, that makes sense. That's one of the – I was talking to a few people recently, and it was – the sentiment was like, why don't people just do that? And it's like, well, because it's not easy to do that. It's like you have to have money, and then you have to have the right connections because you you can't just go over there and then hope to find something unless you're like either loaded or you know the right people. Yeah. And even, even when you get over there, like the thing that I was explaining, uh, these were people that like don't, aren't in the soccer world. Um, I like, just because you're good enough doesn't mean they'll take you because they might have somebody else in your position already. And you have to be better than that person for them to take you. And it's not like, it's not, you can't just be at, like you have to be an upgrade for them. And that's something that a lot of people uh like just in life here like if you're qualified for the job you'll get the job it's like it's not it's not the case you have to be overqualified from a traditional like 
resume standpoint. Like you have to be an upgrade. You have to do more for them because otherwise they just will take some kid out of their academy who's the same as you. I ran into that in Mexico uh, a little bit. Um, we were playing against Nacoxa's second team uh, and like some of their like U23s or whatever. And I played well. And then uh, their coach asked our like coach or manager or whatever. He's like, oh, how old is that guy? Like, he looks good. They're like 24. He's like, oh, too old. It's like, we have some, I have some 16 year old in my academy that can do basically everything he can do. And he won't take up an international roster spot, slot. And I don't have to pay him. It's like, yeah. <laughs> right. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a, a business. It is. And you can't be mad at them, right? You mm-hmm. have to accept it. You have to say, okay, that's the way it works. I'm not upset with you. Like, and, and, and like I said, like, we found our own path because of that. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, man, that burned a little bit whenever you first heard it. Like, I'm sure in the moment you were probably like, really? Because I heard the same thing from, uh, he was actually the U23, no, U20 coach at mm-hmm. um, a team in Mexico, Queratro, Cara- mm-hmm. uh, which is a first division club. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name's Mauricio. But I, I was at a, uh, I got invited to go to a soccer visa combine out in California. Mm-hmm. and I went there and he came up to me after because he was there he was like asking me all about myself where am I from every you know what so he at the end of the the conversation ended in, by him saying so how old are you I was like I'm 22 and he said oh I can't bring you to Mexico if you were 20 I would bring you to Mexico tomorrow I have a I would have a plane ticket for you to come with me and you would be in my U20 team tomorrow I was like, wow, this, yeah. yeah, in the moment it, but it kind of validates, you know, your skill set, right? At the mm-hmm. same time, it, it hurts in a way, but at the same time, you're like, okay, that at least I got a little bit of validation. Yeah, for sure. I, I didn't even hurt. I was just like, I was just surprised that they had even asked because I had gone kind of like, uh, this, uh, Sandor who you met went, went as well. And it was the, the trip was for, I don't know. Do you know Rashawn? He played at St. Mary's in Maryland. Sean, anyways, anyways, there was a um, like five or six, maybe seven guys that were like uh, actually looking to do this, and I kind of just went along as like, uh, "You'll be one of the adults on the trip. We won't make you pay for everything, and then you'll play. It'll be a good experience, whatever." And I just went basically for the like for the fuck of it because I was like I've never done anything like this before when am I ever going to get to do something like this again so I was like screw it I'll go um so it didn't even hurt it was just surprised I was like well yeah duh what did they expect like I'm not like no it's like I'm just here yeah. it's fine it's fine no but it's good like even like that's cool though like yeah it is cool it was I, I, I was more flattered by it than than hurt i'd say um but yeah like their u23s and their u20s i think there was two guys from the second team that played uh all of them so good like even these like 16 and 17 year olds they can all play but it was good yeah. one once i figured out though that they were kids that we were playing against then i started to throw my body around a little bit and that made it more fun but and it changes the game for you a little bit i think mm-hmm. once you realize like oh he's 16 i don't know for me that always has made me feel more confident in some yeah. way like I'm okay you don't really understand the game as much as yeah. you know someone that's more experienced like mm-hmm. you're good like you're smooth on the ball you might have great skills whatever but maybe you're not as smart tactically maybe you're not as yeah t- 
tuned in to what's going on around you. So mm-hmm. that's like the side of, that I look at it. When, once I find out someone's like a younger player, I'm always like, okay, now I know what my strategy is going to be. I'm going to yeah. beat you with my mind. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Sometimes they are like amazing, like you were saying, like different. Like George Bello, he's, uh, I got to train with him a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just signed for Armenia Bielefeld in the Bundesliga. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a good signing for them. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a great great guy. First off, above everything, he's a great guy. Um, very down to earth, very humble, but just just an amazing athlete, amazing soccer player. Left footed, whips balls in on the left, uh, gets up and down. Great player. Um, but yeah, those guys they are different. But once you once you learn like the tactical side of the game and how to, because most most players, yeah, they're they're easy to manipulate. You can trick them with you know, movements and mm-hmm. different passing angles and stuff. So, But, yeah, soccer's, soccer's cool. Soccer's fun to play. In I, before we move on, because it sounds like we're about to do that, I do want to ask you one thing. I, I saw all your posts all the time with uh, with Eddie Johnson. How did you end up meeting him or training with him? So funny. So funny. Um, Eddie's, Eddie's, a, Eddie's a good friend. Um, we spent a lot of time together. Um great mentor in me he's taught me so much man he he's he like you know how you said like you spend time with some of those players and they opened your opened your mind a mm-hmm. little bit mm-hmm. that's that's like who eddie was for me like he opened my mind to, to the world of soccer to how things how, how the business side works how how tactically a lot of things work at the higher levels because he played in the premier league he played in the mls he's a world cup player had amazing experiences so he's had first class coaching and he's taken that with him and taught a lot of uh taught a lot of that to a lot of young players including myself and he's doing an amazing thing by the way just another shameless plug if any kids can get down there and get to his environment because it's the best thing they'll ever do for their careers and uh for their game uh, cause he is doing something amazing down there. He's teaching kids the right way to play. He's teaching them every aspect of the game, all the different dynamics. He's doing such a great job. And I'm so proud of him for what he's doing. Um, and giving back to those kids. But I met Eddie through a, a DM on Instagram. Mm. It was by, cause he's extremely active on Instagram. He's very responsive to, but he gets literally thousands of messages for sure. And, um, and, <laughs> like I've I've been there with him and he opens up his like DMs and it's like he's like scrolling he's like bro look at this look at all these like blue dots yeah and um so I really I think I just got lucky I sent him a DM he responded to it and I think I I sent him some big long thing like hey my name is Zach blah 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 about myself like about where I played and uh, I I asked him like do you think I could come down and train with you. And I think his response is literally like, let's get this work. <laughs> something like that. Like something so like straightforward. And I was like, uh, okay, I guess, I guess I'll come down. You know, I'm like, what does he mean? Like, does, does that mean like, yes? Does that mean no? Like, do I, and I ended up learning how he operates and how he runs his business. And, um, yeah, so I, I ended up going down to Orlando and the rest is history, as they say. Yeah, that's awesome. I I think that happens uh, often um, when you DM somebody like that, because I've done it as well for for the podcast. It's like if you don't ask, it's the same as if they say no, so you might as well ask anyways. <laughs> right. And then it's you send true. them this like long thing because you want to give them as much information as possible, 
so they don't have to like waste time asking questions because if you don't do yeah. that then they'll just they've got uh, too much other stuff going on and they don't have time to like go back and forth with you but also you can't make it too long because then they won't read it and then they'll just move on anyway yeah, be like this is spam i'm not even interested yeah. i don't even want to read it and then always the, the response is just like let's do it or like I'm down. Just like you, you spend all this time <laughs> to type something out. It's like You're like strategizing in the message. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, I want to make sure I add this. Yeah, but I don't want to add this part. Okay, yeah, let me that, edit that. Let me make sure my spelling good. Yeah, because that part doesn't seem necessary. Like, what do they actually need to know? And then it's like, yeah, I'm down. And then you're like, all right, all right well, sounds That's good. Way easier than I thought. Yeah, but it's but you got to put the information in there because like by the same, if you don't put anything in there, then they'll just move on because i don't got time for that as well but yeah that's hilarious uh, yeah so cool yeah it seems like you and i have a lot in common in wanting to be thorough wanting to do things you know as, as good as we can as proper as we can so um, yeah but it's funny whenever you get someone that's just like very free-flowing spirit you know they're like yeah bro like that's cool like come down like mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's it, i always enjoy those because i'm more like all right what what are you know, I'm not super structured in that, but I'm like, all right, what's the plan? Let's yeah. get it done. Let's accomplish it. Not not necessarily step by step by step, but yeah, it's funny yeah. whenever people have <laughs> they don't they don't have any plan. Real quick, can you tweak the camera? The sun is starting. Yeah, to I'm, I was just about to say. I think I'll just close this. Yeah, you're good. There he is, the Apple. Was a wristwatch? What is that? Oh, that's a. Uh, that's a whoop. Call it. Yeah, I was gonna say swoop, and I was like, no, it's not what it is. Whoop. Swoop. Yeah. yeah. Swoop. There it is. Yeah. I almost, I yeah, almost got one, and then I didn't. I got Man, uh, did. I ended up with um, one of the Stat Sport trackers instead. How and is was, that? It's good. Um, the information. One of my is, teammates, Alex, has one. Yeah, it's super good. I got it like on sale. I think it was on. It was like half off or whatever. So it was like half off. Otherwise, I wouldn't have got it because like retail, they're like 300 bucks. But I got it for like 160 or something. And I was like, yeah, screw it. Like, whatever. And then like five months later, I got hurt. And I was, so I haven't been using it recently. But um, one of the cool things was like tracks your top speed. It seems pretty accurate. But I hit my top speed after I was hurt. And it was like 33 something kilometers an hour. And the Bundesliga tracks that. And like at the time that I like I went to like the rankings or whatever. And I was in the top 100, like, six games into the season in the Bundesliga. It was, like, it was like 0.01 kilometers an hour behind Serge Gnabry for his top speed. Wow. Yeah. But then, you know, as, as the season has gone on, I've slowly dropped in the rankings as people. And they've probably going to lift. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, yeah, they're probably getting more and more fit. Yeah, for sure. But also, I haven't but been if doing you were there, it. I haven't been doing it, so I don't know. I Like, when I hit that, I was like, I know I can hit, like, a little bit more. I think probably like mid thirty threes I can hit, but I don't know. Who knows? That's cool. Yeah, because it's... it tracks your speed. Mm-hmm. It tracks your high intensity running, your total mm-hmm. distance. Mm-hmm. Does it do heart rate also? Uh, you can get a heart rate monitor with it. I haven't bought it. Um, okay. Because by the time like it rolled around to to buying it, I had like ramped down my like basically I was doing PT exercises for that stationary bike some super light training just to manage it and then play and then i would go like manage it the next week and then after the season i took like a month and a half off basically of games and training and then before indoor season came so like from the beginning of december until our first game in january i didn't really do much 
So it's cool. But yeah, it's cool though. I like those things. mm -hmm. The heat map is really cool as well that you can track. Oh yeah, that shows where on the field you you're Mm -hmm. traveling, right? Like the Mm -hmm. most. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, For center midfielders, if you're box to box, like I was playing for a lot of the season, it is very unhelpful because the entire field is just like. (laughs) But. But yeah, yeah well, like when you're playing on the wing and stuff, it shows when you've come inside. It also shows the sprints you made. So like on the heat map, mm. if you like, if you hit the screen, instead of the heat map, it shows arrows. So like uh, I think I don't remember what their metric is for what they count as a sprint or not, but it shows the arrows and the distance for where you sprinted. So that's cool as well. I really like it. It's a wow. lot of good data. It's a lot of good data, but like you got to know how and when to use it. Like, and you kind of learn. The high speed distance running, I think, for me was the most difficult to get the hang of because it counts at like a certain speed and a certain distance. It counts it as like this counts as high speed distance running. Yeah, obviously, yeah, I think that obviously, but like to know what to know what you're doing when it counts is more what I meant. Like, because I'll think that I'll be running kind of fast for a distance, and then it'll be like, no, nah, it didn't count. So then you have to learn like where that where those markers are within your performance. So that was cool. Yeah. I think that it's important too for management of like things like injuries and even just the load that you're putting on your body to know, okay, I did whatever, 30 high intensity sprints in a 90 minute match. I need mm-hmm. to you know, taper down my training a little bit the next couple of days to let my mm-hmm. legs, you know, recover properly. And, Cause it does, it puts a lot of strain. Like this thing, this whoop, man, this thing has changed the way I look at my whole, uh, you talk about holistic, holistically, it's changed the way I look at my life mm-hmm. from a training perspective, from a recovery perspective, from a nutrition perspective, everything, um, because your body reacts so differently to different you know, stimulus and different things going on. Um, so it's very interesting to see you know, how your body reacts to different meals and um I think the stat sport, so for especially for you know a professional, is very valuable information to know. Yeah, definitely, and you can send it over to like if you have a good match, like you can. I don't know if people have started to do this where they send it over with like a highlight tape, like hey, this is the distance I covered. But I feel like that would be a thing that people would or could do. But I don't know. I yeah, I've not I've not needed to send my resume to a coach recently, so I don't. Like, since I got it, I've not done it. So, I don't know. I don't know if that's a thing that they would find valuable. I should I should ask somebody that, actually. That would be – I think that would be cool for a coach to see, uh, you know, your top speed, your distance covered in a match. Even sure you, just your work ethic, like your mm-hmm. work rate. You know, this mm-hmm. is how much I tend to work in a game. If you had a, a data compilation over, say, 10 games, where you could say, this is my average over 10 games of what I normally do in a game. This is my, and then if you could compare that with other players, mm-hmm. that could be, a, that could be very valuable information for decision-making at least. Yeah, I would think, I don't know. I'll have to ask some, I'll have to ask, uh, we have a game tonight, so I'll ask coach before the game, maybe after. It depends so on the if, owner? If, if we win or not. <laughs> <laughs> if you get him in a good mood. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is is the coach and the owner the same guy? No, different people. Gotcha. Different people. So our coach is um this guy named Bert. Um and he's trained he's basically kind of like a train he like trains people, but he also coaches. 
Um, do you know, does the name Jackson Hopkins ring a bell for you? Mm-hmm. Young kid just came up through DC United Academy, uh, played in their preseason game against Miami, scored. They won 1-0. Um, so he's been at some of our trainings, but Bert trained him and a couple other guys um, that have been training with us. Um, so, yeah, he's the coach. And then he's also got this USL2 team called Commonwealth Cardinals that uh, this spring is going to be their first season. So hopefully I'm going to be involved with that as well. But yeah, so he's the coach, and then Randy's the owner of the, the indoor team, but Bert's got the gotcha. USL2 team for that's – his, that's his thing. So, But they're building – they're trying to build up a good, like, <clears throat> base down in Fredericksburg because Fredericksburg, there's potential to kind of have a – I don't know how familiar you are with Virginia in terms of like the soccer that's there, but outside of Northern Virginia and Richmond it's and Virginia beach, it's kind of just like not dead, but like if you're outside of those areas, like the best soccer is in those areas by, by some distance. Um, but there's a lot of players that are down towards like a lot of players. in so Stafford is close to Fredericksburg. There's a lot of players in that area that will travel up to Northern Virginia or down to Richmond to play. Um, because it's better in those areas. Yeah. Uh, and those drives aren't close. So like you're looking at an hour (laughs) plus hour plus ish. Yeah. Um, yeah, everything's so spread out in Virginia. Virginia is a huge state. Yeah. Well, compared to, compared to Delaware, then you go to Texas. Yeah. Huge. But yeah. Yeah. If you go to the biggest state, I guess it's not as big, but no, no, I didn't say the biggest state on purpose. I didn't say Alaska, dude. (laughs) last is wild but yeah man so there's a there's a good base of talent that they can that they could use there and um hopefully just grow the game i don't know just it's a it's a cool project both both teams are in their first season um when it's cool to be a part of it so can't really yeah for sure that's no it is cool it's it's something that you you'll look back on and hopefully be proud of that you know you were part of a the starting group so to speak you know you were part of the beginning like right now we're uh i'm working on a project here in delaware putting in a turf field mm-hmm. uh, it, it's a funny story but uh, i acquired this turf we got i have i have a lot i have a lot of turf and um <laughs> it's like it, it's like a couple hundred square yards mm-hmm. and um so what what the old club that i used to play for river soccer club we're going to build a turf pad in front of this wall that they have so that kids can train. It'll be like an all-purpose area mm-hmm. where they'll have, you know, rondo boxes, they'll have agility ladders, they'll have, you know, like a, just a training spot quad. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so it's like, it's cool, like seeing like all the different things coming together, you know, like we have to get the land cleared. We have to get the materials down, like the, the different concrete and so it's cool like building something from scratch and then not necessarily doing it for me i'm not gonna go there and necessarily train a lot with it but hey guys thanks for watching part one of the episode with zach uh the second half of that episode will be on his channel uh the link will be in the description for that and if you guys enjoyed it remember to like subscribe and comment whatever you thought of the episode It's a great conversation. He's a great guy. Go check his channel out. Link in the description. Thanks, guys.